Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Hello and welcome. It's another edition, another episode of uh, what what many people are saying. It's one of their favourite podcasts. It's called Football Bosses on FNR. And normally you'll hear Tony Pinata joined by Michael Zappone. But as Tony just mentioned to me before we came on air, uh, Mr Zappone is off doing other things. What's he doing? Yeah, so he's on Channel 7 uh, doing the com, com games. Doesn't uh, he know that Football Bosses is on now? He does, but um, it's a good gig. It's a great gig. Yep. We'd all be wanting to be part of the uh, the commentary team at the Com Games or the, or the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's put our hands up for that. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of great guests. Uh, Greg O'Rourke will be joining us shortly, who's the head of the A-League, a guy who has had a tremendous uh, career uh, supporting grassroots football, and he's played the game for the better part of, what, half a century? At least that's what he tells me. Uh, and the other uh, guest tonight will be one of the directors of uh, one of the potential clubs putting its hand up, or bidders rather, I shouldn't call them clubs, the Southwest Sydney bid. Uh, what do you know of Gino Mara, Tony? Look, I know he's been involved in, in football for a long time. He's part of um, Southern Districts. Um, but it's, it's great to... Uh, Great to get uh, head of the A-League on, Greg O'Rourke, and just want to really speak to him about the process, the bid, the timelines, etc. Will um, you mention Wellington as well? <laughs> yeah, look, let's not go into Wellington. All right, I'm, all right. All I'm, right. Um, yeah. no, but what, what do we want to find out from Greg and, and from Gino? What are the sorts of things we want to hear them cover? Yeah, well, as I said, we want to, we want to know from an FFA point of view what they're looking for. And we give Gino a bit of a um, an opportunity to talk about his bid. I mean, we've heard a lot about South Sydney and what yeah, yeah, they're doing. Yeah, this is the Morris Emma bid, or, yep. and Morris, of course, has only stepped in because the late great uh, Les Murray uh, was their chairman, and he was he passed away prematurely. And so Morris has now picked up the cudgels and is is going to run. And he's saying that uh, they've got something very special. Uh, is Craig Foster involved with that as well? Yeah, I think he's um, I think a head of football there. Okay. And, um, okay, look, they've been around for probably. Nearly 18 months. Okay. Um, so they've really made their case. Yeah, they have. So an opportunity for Gino to do that tonight yeah. on FNR on the Football Bosses. Yeah, exactly. And um, I was going to touch on, on Wellington, but I uh, probably won't ask Greg <laughs> about that. Um, I think, uh, you know, they know what can they I, need to do. Can I ask you, yeah. they've, they've had periods through the year, and I know it's, it's easy to just dismiss it at the bottom of the table, but there have been periods in the year when I've watched them play, and certainly in the flesh, and they've played some marvellous football. Look, they've, they've, and you can see a little bit of, uh, you know, misfortune, yeah. uh, a decision. That they've lost a player at a critical time, and I'm, I don't want to be an excuse maker. Yeah, you know what they say: winners find find yeah. uh, a, a way to get uh, what things done, yeah. uh, and and victims talk about uh, you know excuses. Uh, I don't want it to be that, or nor do they deserve that. But is there a chance to see something positive at the end of the rainbow? I'm not sure. I yeah. mean, I mean, football. I would have thought with your experience, on, you'd be better than anyone else to give on, me a on heads the, up. On the field, is yeah, it, it can happen. Yep. Um, I think they need to make things work off the field. Oh, Two okay. years ago, they were given a, a lifeline by the yep. FFA because yep. there was a lot of talk about, you know, taking a license off them and, and giving it to an Australian club because it, you know, 
but I, you know, I think everyone felt, you know, it was that whole save the Knicks campaign. And, sure. You know, they got granted an extension. I'm not sure if they've seized that opportunity. I'm sure. not sure if they have really sort of taken that on board and go, right, we're going to really sort of hammer this home. And, you know, FFA a couple of weeks ago, you know, sort of shot another... Across, across, across the, the bow, bow again, yep. <laughs> another shot across the bow. And, uh, and they need to wake up because if they know, uh, in two years' time, I reckon, I'm afraid they'll be gone. Wow. Um, you know, and I think that they'll give a licence to another Australian and, um, you know, pour that money into that. So, Well, you, but, heard, it, you heard it first, possibly. Well, that's on my, own, my own okay, opinion. Okay, all right. Uh, we'll be back in a moment and uh, we'll get a chance to uh, hear from our two guests. Uh, one is Greg O'Rourke and the other is Gino Mara. Here comes the money. Here we go, Money Talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back. Great to catch up with uh, our first guest, and it's the head of the A-League, Greg O'Rourke. Uh, Greg, a very important time of the year. Finals just around the corner and promising to be a truly memorable uh, series coming up. Yeah, thanks for having us, Goss. Um, Greg, before we jump into the finals, I want to um, touch on the, uh, the expansion. Um, over the last few weeks, we've had some uh, guests... Uh, Talking about the expansion bid, we had Robert Baltecki about the Tasmanian bid. We had Matt Winley about uh, Team Eleven. Um, later on the show, we'll have uh, Gino Mara, who's the director of the Southwest bid. Morris Yem has been out and about um, talking about uh, Southern expansion, South Sydney, South Melbourne's been in the papers uh, here in Melbourne as well about their bid. So it's all gearing up. Um, it's great to see that finally the FFA's released a, um, uh, I suppose, a, a, a process. Um, just want to maybe talk us through the process, what entails, some timelines, etc. Yeah, okay. So um, thanks for that. The process is, in simple terms, in two parts, right? The first one is an expression of interest and the second part is a request for proposal phase. The reason we've got it in two parts is... The expression of interest phase, what we wanted to do was really just cast the net as wide as we can and try and understand from anybody out there that was interested in joining the A-League what they would bring and what they could bring and were they interested in, um, you know, were they a great community concept that needed a financial um, backer, were they a financial backer that was looking for a community concept? All those sorts of iterations, if you like, um, we wanted to capture in the big net. We'll, we'll take that process on. First, that's already open, and that closing date for that is the 24th of next month, 24th of May. Then we'll spend a little bit of time going through um, that process, shortlisting them, and then communicating with a smaller group, potentially a smaller group of um, potential bidders and say, okay, we think that this makes sense for you to go and invest time, for us to go and invest time, resources, um, to get to a proper detailed um, proposal um, and, and get into the data room and all these sorts of things that you would expect um, and then deal with that shorter group of individuals in a... Um, very detailed professional way and then 
announce um, the two new teams for the A-League for the season after next, um, shortly into next season. So around 31st of October 2018 is our, uh, our time. Is, um, is the FFA keeping an open mind in terms of um, cities and all, you know, bid, tender bids? Um, or are they sort of thinking along a, a line that uh, it's only going to be a, a Melbourne, Sydney, maybe Brisbane um, uh, sort of a new expansion club come in? Yeah, it's a good question, Tony, and that's, the answer to your question directly is yes, open mind. The um, proof of that, if you like, is this two-step process because if we had thought, no, it's going to be uh, capital city A, B or C, then we probably would have just gone straight for this second phase, you know, the proposal, give us your um, bid for this city. But the EOI stage is, is, you know, without sort of repeating myself, is this big custard net really wide so that we actually find bids or potentials that are not in maybe the most obvious places and then really consider them genuinely as, okay, that looks, that looks interesting, that looks good. Let's, uh, let's bring them into this, uh, this detailed phase. So there's sort of uh, some demonstrated um, behaviour there, if you like, Tony, that says, no, we're opening it up wide and this is how we're going to go about that. Uh, Greg O'Rourke, George Tanekian. Um, we're talking to the head of the A-League on football bosses and uh, we're talking about expansion and the opportunities that uh, are around the corner for the right bidder the best bidder and the one that brings the most to the table. I'm very, very interested and at the same time delighted to hear you say you've got an open mind. But what I would love to know is if, if we can fast forward uh, a response to give this end of season and the beginning of next season a bit more excitement, especially for the broader marketplace saying, you know what, we're this far away from the next two teams joining. Yeah, I think that's why we've we've made sure that this DOI stage is going to be over, um, if you like, within about 60 days from now, right? So the confirmation of those shortlisted bidders in the month of June yep. with an intended start for the detailed one, the 11th of June. So by, by that time, you know, 60 days from now, we're actually talking about a shortlisted number of people that are excited to go back to their community to go, you know what, we're in the final, right? This is, you know, we've gone through the heats, we're in the final, we're ready to go. And then there's this um, created interest um, around genuine uh, bidders to see who's going to be those two teams. So that's, again, George, one of the reasons for not having the whole process you know, a six-month process around this. Let's get that net out. Let's get it sorted pretty quickly. Let's talk in 60 days to go, OK, here's the guys in the final. Let's go hard. Uh, uh, that's most appealing. I've just got to say, from your background, Greg, uh, one of the things you must be looking forward to is having a look at some of the bids that are going to come out of uh, southern Sydney, uh, Illawarra, Wollongong, that sort of thing, because that's been a part of your uh, legacy, I suppose, over the last 10, 15 years. You know that area, you know it well, and you know what potential it has. Yeah, no, I do, and look, that's where I do have the legacy, and I've played in that area, you know, for the last 50 years, and still playing there. But, um, <laughs> Brave what, man. 
yeah, yeah. Well, I <laughs> did say George once I'd play till I got any good at it, and after 50 years, I'm still having. But um, you know, one of the things about this role, though, has been the ability to open my eye um, and mine to just equally good um, geographic and growth corridor stories in Victoria, in Queensland, etc. So good. Uh, you know, I don't want for a minute, even though that I do have um, a deeper knowledge of some parts of the Australian geography and the football geography, um, to suggest because I know it better, it's sort of uh, a front runner. But what I do know is that there is a number of really good parts of Australia who have a very similar story about people passionate about the game, yep. grassroots connection, local government support, want you know, from a, a number of people in communities to bring this game into their backyard um, and, and and be able to put the bums on the seats and have the commercial relationships that allow it to be financially supported. And there's a number of genuine um, areas of uh, Australia which is going to allow us uh, choice. And choice will be a good thing when we come down to uh, this decision-making process in September, October. Uh, Greg, um, when you come down to the um, to the shortlist, as you're saying, in 60 days' yep. time, would you an, are you going to announce the shortlist, or are you going to keep that sort of pretty quiet? No, no, we'll announce it because I Good. think there's a benefit. There's yep. a benefit to announcing it, Tony. Yep. The benefit is that you then generate this interest, not only in the A League as a whole, but they generate these these community hotspots, if you like, and then. The fan allow, base. The fan base. Allow that to work through. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and people to get behind it. Oh, yeah. People will challenge each other on all social <laughs> mediums about we, we think we're much better uh, placed than, than this bit or whatever. And that'll, that'll generate a market that, um, you know, is long overdue. Gregor, um, some of the A-League, current A-League clubs, are they going to have a process in this in terms of, you know, feeling as to why certain bids shouldn't um, be accepted, i.e. Sydney FC and uh, South Sydney? That's right. Well, they they clearly need to be um, part of determining the right process, right? And what are... So from a uh, detailed request for proposal phase, there will be consultation with the A-League clubs, with the member federations and others um, about what is this process. Now, whether they come down to a point of been part of the decision-making panel. We're yet to get to that part of the process. But clearly they need to know. I mean, there's a lot of A-League clubs that have invested a lot of money and a lot of time in building their brands, and they need to make sure that, you know, the next two teams, the next four teams, are going to build the league as a whole and, you know, not just simply cannibalise what's already here because none of us want to be in a situation where what the 10 can deliver is now being delivered by the 12. What we need to be in a situation is that the 11th and the 12th team are clearly building a bigger league, right? And it's, you know, it's incremental. No, that makes sense. Um, Greg, I, I think, though, October, announcing in October, giving teams basically... Um, you know, not even six months to start up before their pre-season starts. It's not going to give the new teams enough time um, to, A, get their squad, B, really sort of connect. I know they might be doing that in the, in the community leading up to it, but, you know, once you get the go-ahead, it's all systems go. And I, I know 
from experience that it is very, very hard to get a, you know something up and running so quickly. I mean, the Wanderers had, a, a, I think they had nearly 18 months and, and that really worked well because they could go and do forums, pick a name, really engage and you saw the success of that. But they also knew there was a deadline. Exactly. And I think though October might be a little bit too late. I mean, the players are off market I think a few weeks later. Yeah, I mean, that's where they're going to get the bulk of their uh, that's true. The squad from, from uh, contracts that are elapsing, you know, June 30, 2000. You know, it's a, it's a challenge. It's an optimistic timeline, and we took that into account when we set it. But at the same time, to balance the argument or balance the debate there, guys, we have this situation where people believe that we can't wait any longer and that the league needs it as quickly as possible. And to come out with a statement to say that we're not going to be here next year, but we're going to be here the year after, all things been even, mm. is is excitable and it's also doable to actually, you know, with some challenges, as you point out, Tony, but to actually come out and say, look, it's not going to be next season, it's not going to be the season after, but it's going to be the season after that. No, no, um, no, that's too long. Create, I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying that, Greg. I'm no, saying no. that yeah. October's too late. If it was announced in... June 30 for a July 1 start date, new financial year, yep. that would work. That yeah. would give yeah, teams no, a look, good... That's that's the administrator talking to you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, look, I, I understand that and I understand what the fan wants as well. But also we need to make sure that, you know, there's enough um, time for a couple of things, Tony. One of them is, OK, to make the right decision. That's yep. going to take some diligence, right? Yep. But the second thing, and probably the first thing, if I wrap it back the other way, is to make sure that not only domestically but internationally we have presented the A-League in such a way with enough time to present the A-League in such a way that we optimise the um, potential bidders, right? Because this is an international game, as, as you guys know, um, only too well, right? It's not like some of the other codes that are going to be fishing inside the Australian borders. It's something that needs to look... Broadly, we already yep. have nearly half our teams which are internationally owned. We have some big name brands here in Australia already, and you know there's some international interest in this, right? And I'm not saying that we're going to go internationally, which is why one of the um, criteria that's in um, is specific about the history of the game and understanding Australia and all those sorts of things which we hold dear. Particularly from my journey through football, I want to make sure that we don't just get a, a shiny button. You know, we need to make sure. <laughs> that we get somebody that understands and can bring value to the game at every level. Um, but those people, you know, are, are not necessarily reading the paper or listening to this podcast because they're international and we need the time to go and knock on their door and talk to them and see if they're interested and if they're interested in this round or the following round. And, you know, to get the right bidder may takes a little bit more time. So we, we're sort of finding this balance between making sure that it's an efficient process, but also that there is enough time to attract the best. You're listening to the Football Bosses on FNR, George Denekian with uh, Tony Pinata, and we, we have with us the head of the A-League, Greg O'Rourke. Uh, and uh, the interesting thing for me, I have a unique perspective being a former or one-time administrator or president of a football club, and the media component, uh, I can see both sides. I can understand the balancing act that you have to uh, uh, achieve because it's, it's key uh, for all the players and, importantly, for all the stakeholders. But as a fan too, Greg, uh, I can feel what Tony's saying. And the sooner, the better 
for all involved. Let's get on and get it done. <laughs> well, look, the, at the end of the day, the positive thing is it is getting done. You know, we're going to have two no, new that's teams. That's true, but you know what I'm saying. And, um, yep. you know, it, it's fantastic. It's what the league needs. Uh, we need to – we should have been already at 12. We're not. We're going to be okay. at 12 in 1920. Yep. Greg, what do you say about um, Greg Griffin's comments that the FFA has no authority to do this? Yeah, look, I suppose from a point of view, there's a well-publicised um, process that's underway with CIFA and EAFC to talk about a working group for Congress, which is, you know, effectively who votes for the board and, and who are members of the uh, organisation. That is not completely exclusive, obviously, to what we're doing, but it's also in a position, for me at least, that we have to get on with the business of football and that other process that's going on about who's going to be the board and who's going to vote for the board and all that sort of stuff needs to happen concurrently. But I'm a firm believer that we cannot stop and wait anymore for all those other matters in football to be addressed and to be um, resolved before we start this process of expansion. So everyone's entitled to their opinion. I can't control what I can't control. What I can control is, you know, as the head of the A-League has been part of a um, current decision-making body, if you like, that says, we need to get on with the expansion. This is what we're going to do. And to your point, mate, very recently on that, is that let's do it and do it as as, uh, as quickly as we can into the following season, right? I, I fear that if, you know, we wait for all these other things to be addressed and resolved, that we just delay the inevitable... One of the things that I do take solace in, guys, is that the clubs have never said that they're um, opposed to expansion. They've actually said the opposite, that they support expansion, they support expansion to 16 teams in exactly the same way as the FFA does. I think the only difference of opinion we have is who will be on the decision-making board of the... Um, expansion teams and if we can get our heads together and collaborate on that between the clubs and the FFA and, and other stakeholders then I think we'll all be um, you know looking for the same outcome so you know there's some work to be done Tony to answer yep. your question but I, I'm not going to stall and I don't want to be part of a body that, that stalls this decision making. No Greg I think, well I think we've waited too long anyhow so <laughs> it's full steam ahead from uh, from a lot of people out there so it's uh, it's good to see um, moving on to the last round, round 27 of the A-League. Um, the top four is basically settled, but there's a lot of movement for that oh, final yeah. spot. So it's an exciting last round, uh, which leads us into uh, into another final series. And uh, it's very, very exciting. And uh, potentially you've got, uh, you know, the, the Wanderers in, in there, Perth, Brisbane. Adelaide. Adelaide. All, you know, Adelaide, I think, is set, but they're all vying for that uh, sure. that sort of final position. Um What's uh, what's the feeling from uh, you know from from FFA leading into the final series? Well, we also um, find it quite exciting in respect of you're right. The top four have been settled in respect of we can tell you where the both the elimination finals are and both where the semi-finals are going to be hosted. What we can't tell you <laughs> is who any of those teams will play. So. That in itself is uh, unique, is exciting, yeah, and it's just, good. it brings it right to the last 27. One of the other things that's exciting for us is there's no hiding from the fact that we've had a uh, challenging year in respect of 
some metrics around broadcast and also around attendances. So it's a it's a time for us to showcase our game again and and sort of get to the situation where up against uh, the other um, competitor ball codes, we've got a situation. Okay, here's our finals. This is the best we've got to offer, and then sort of reignite some of those. Um, Passions for the game that might have waned in the last uh, home and you know last part of the home and away series. So you know, I just spent some time with Fox um, today in some senior meetings about how do we um, do our best, how do we put our best foot forward over the next uh, three weeks. You know, take round 27 as done, but then take uh, the elimination final, the semi final, and obviously the grand final round. How do we bring our game back? front and centre to the fans, some who have waned, some who have held on to make them uh, you know, really engaged in the, in the uh, product, if you like, for the last three weeks. Yeah, very keen to make sure that we finish the season with an absolute bang. One that leaves uh, a, a real impression on, uh, on what the A-League is capable of doing and, get, and, and ignite a little promise for what's to come. Agreed. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's always, you know, if you have some other games who you know, talk about golf or whatever the case might be, you know, you get a birdie on the 18th, you want to come back and play the game again, right? So <laughs> That always happens know, in golf. You Greg, always hit that Greg, last shot. Greg, Greg, I, I, I woke up uh, the, the other morning and uh, I did not believe that Roma could beat Barcelona. So, you know, I live with that hope that uh, the, the final season is going to be full of surprises, full of shocks and full of really good football because that's what we want. And the broadcasting side, well, hey, they couldn't love it anymore. And that's exactly what they've said to us, George. They've said exactly the same thing, right? Let's do this. Let's do it really well. Let's promote it really well. Let's engage players. Let's engage coaches. You know, let's engage fans. Let's make sure that everyone goes... Really? That's what we were looking for? <laughs> when's, this, when's this kicking off again, right? Yeah, well, I, I'm reminded, if I need to, you don't have to go back too far. The AFL, the, the so-called God code in this country, uh, was having an absolutely miserable time a couple of years ago, and along came a fairy tale. It was called the Western Bulldogs. And everyone suddenly forgot all the blackness, all the darkness, all the controversy of the season that had come before, and all they wanted to talk about was this fairy tale Bulldogs winning. So yep. if we can generate that excitement and each team understands and believes in each other and as a core they can deliver on the day, whew, stand by Australia. Yep, I agree. Um, well, in, in terms of the finals, I, I wish uh, wish the, uh, all the best to the, uh, to the teams. I think it's going to be a fascinating... I think it's when the A-League comes alive. Um, and I remember vividly last year with a uh, full, uh, full st uh, stadium packed, and and I think it'll be the same. So uh, it's going to be a yeah, and we've fascinating taken some few weeks. There, Tony, to reduce the um, prices. Listen to the feedback from the fan about some of our ticket pricing over the last final series. So you'll see some initiatives around that as well. So you know, hopefully, with the excitement on the pitch, and also, you know, some. Uh, listening to the fans say, hey, you know, we, we need a, the affordability just tweaked a little bit. We've done a bit of that as well. So hopefully combining all that together, we get a really uh, big spectacular. Talking to the head of the A-League, Greg O'Rourke on uh, Football Bosses. Uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, an opportunity to hear from the director of Southwest, uh, the, the new expansion group called Southwest, Gino Mara. Here comes 
Brought to you by DKP and Co Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Football Bosses. George Danikin standing in for the very hard-working Michael Saponi, who's, I think, doing com games. And I'm here in the studio with um, Tony Pinata, and we're about to uh, say uh, welcome to Football Bosses, uh, to the director of the uh, one of the bidders for a new A-League licence. Uh, the A-League licence bidder is Southwest. The man involved, Gino Mara. Gino, good to have you on board. Hello. Gino, um, so Southwest Sydney... Um, is um, possibly a, a, a bid. Uh, we just had um, Greg O'Rourke uh, explain the whole process and timelines, etc., which uh, you're probably well aware. Um, we've heard a lot from uh, South Sydney Expansion and what they're doing. Uh, they've been, uh, I suppose, around for for quite a you know, over a year now. Um, tell us a little bit about Southwest Sydney, what it entails, what's it all about, and which area we're covering. Okay, so Southwest Sydney uh, football. Uh, basically um, put together by uh, community, um, local business uh, people who are all football nuts. Um, we start from Bankstown, go all the way down to Woolandilly, which is just past Campbelltown, all the way through to Camden. Um, it's a precinct that has about 900,000 people in it at the moment. Um, it will grow to a little over one2 million people by 2023. Wow. Uh, it's a massive uh, catchment area for investment for the government. Um, you know, there's about $3.6 billion just in roads, the new Western Sydney Airport being built there. Um, at the moment, you know, grassroots, there's a little under 40,000 registered players uh, envisaged to go to about 45,000 by 2025, a little under 4,000 MPL youth players. So when you look at it from a population size, um, you know, the next five years, the population size of Canberra moving into it. What about a stadium? Uh, we're working on the stadia now. Um, it will be a temporary stadium while uh, we look to move somewhere close to the airport. Uh, our um, backers are looking at building a purpose-built stadium. So they're one of the things that we're, we're working for. What's, what size, Gino, are you looking to, to build? Are you looking at 10,000? Are you looking at 20,000? Are you looking at five? What? Look, I think stage one has to be a minimum of 15,000. Yep. Um, and, you know, that's where I believe, uh, you know, we need to be, be at. Um, but uh, for, for it to work for us, uh, you know, we, we need to be in that specific catchment of between Liverpool and um, um, Camden. Gino, um, a, a big football area is, is Wollongong. Um, are they captured in, in the Southwest bid? Have you spoken to South Coast about it? Uh, no. Look, um, my view in the future, I, I think you know Wollongong's got to be a, a standalone. You know, they're they're a, a great football area, a lot of um, heritage there, but more importantly, you know, massive future for them. So, but um, you know, Campbelltown to um, to Wollongong's probably only a half an hour drive but from Brinjelly Airport to uh, Wollongong you're looking at you know an hour yeah. so 
you know, it, it, it's its own catchment. Have you um, have you spoken to the other two A League clubs uh, there, Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC, about uh, your bid and, and what you're um, trying to do? Yes, I've spoken about Sydney and um, and the Wanderers. Um, and look, we're we're looking at capturing the people that follow football but don't necessarily follow Sydney or or the Wanderers. Um, you know, there's 1.2 million people moving into an area. Um, you know, they've got to follow something. And, and what's unique about our, our area is that from um, Bankstown um, all the way down to uh, Canberra, there's no sporting franchise there, whether it be rugby league, union or, or AFL. So it's ripe so, for the taking. Yeah, so it, it, it is ripe. Um, and if we don't do it, um, you know, AFL will, will wake up to themselves and, and do something there. Uh, Gino, can, it's George Tanikian here. Um, Southwest Sydney bid. Um, are we talking um, uh, the the thing that I, I really uh, want to grasp from you is uh, have you thought long and hard about um, uh, the the challenges that uh, stand ahead of you, and uh, what uh, in your branding exercise you've, you're looking at a at a uh, at a fortress fifteen thousand strong. How long do you think it'll take you to be able to put something like that uh, on the ground and for people to see and get behind and rally behind? Well, look, uh, from a stadium perspective, um, you know, we could get into a facility like that within, I'd say, between three and five years from getting um, the licence. Uh, you wouldn't spend you know, that type of money unless you, know, you had a licence. Yep. You know, time yep. to chicken fill the egg type of thing. So where's the temporary play? Uh, look... It could either be Fairfield or Campbelltown. Um, you know, we've got to speak to those councils. Um, and we've had preliminary discussions uh, with, with both those councils, but nothing of, of a formal nature. Um, you know, that's, again, it's, it's one of those things you, you can't enter into formal arrangements with yep. them until you, until you know where you're at. Have you had a look at demographics? Uh, yes, we've done all of that. Um, our, our team's done a huge amount of research. Um, it is the biggest catchment area for football in the in the country, and it's not represented. You know, Wanderers do a great job out there, um, but for whatever reason, you know, they're not they're not picking up that southwest section. Um, and you know, now's the, the time for us to move before you know another code does. Uh, are we seeing a lot of uh, young families, new Australian families, moving into that area? Yes. Yeah, so if you look at Fairfield, there was seven thousand um, uh, immigrants. Well, predominantly refugees that moved into the area. Yep. Um, so, with another hat on, I'm also a director of Southern Districts uh, Soccer Association, and we've been running with SFA the Out in the Roos programs for um, uh, refugee kids. Yep. And that's been a massive success. And, um, you know, kids can't speak English, but they all know how to kick a ball. We're a universal language. Yep. And it truly is the world's goal. Gino, um, who else is part of the bid process um, and who's helping you sort of put all this together? Okay, so we've got a team at the moment. Um, so some of the, the key people behind it, uh, Ned Manoon, uh, previous mayor of uh, Liverpool, um, Sam Krisovich, um, uh, myself, uh, Patrick Carbon, um, and a few others. And uh, we're working on our shareholding uh, and uh, investors now. Um, and a lot of them are successful South West Sydney business people that are looking at um, giving something back. 
Okay, no, that's a, it's a good uh, good array of, uh, of people involved. And um, <clears throat> given the timelines of what FFA have set, is that something um, you can sort of manage to? Do you believe that those timelines are realistic? Uh, look, I do, and uh, I've got to say I've been impressed with the FFA on how transparent they've been with the whole process. So we spoke to them last week, and, um, you know, they've outlined what they want to see and how they're going to come to their decision. So from from our perspective, um, you know, they're doing the right thing with it. Have you had any prior experience uh, at uh, putting a case like this uh, to any other organisation, uh, Gina? In what sense, sorry? Uh, in your work endeavours uh, in the past, uh, have you had an opportunity to pitch like this for any major project? Yeah, yes. Well, in, in my work life, I run a major property and uh, finance um, business. So, so you're doing the modelling as we speak. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, my wife's me waking up at three o'clock in the morning because I something that we had to do. Gina, you've uh, you've got an extensive background in football, been um, involved with um, Southern Districts. You're, um, I think, you're, are you on the board of Southern Districts? Yeah, yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you've got a, a good understanding of that, that and a area love. And, and a love for the game. Yeah, yeah and what yeah. what what's needed. So um, uh, I think it's uh, you know it's, it's it's great. There's going to be a few bids coming out of um, New South Wales um, and. You know, the FFA, I know, very, very keen. I think everyone's very, very keen on, on expansion uh, as well. Have you spoken to um, South Sydney bid, uh, Morris Yemmer or Craig Foster or any of those involved? Yeah, look, I've spoken to um, uh, some of the guys there. I was speaking to Chris Gardner, um, to be honest, as early as this morning. Um, look, they've put together a good bid. Um, you know, they've, they've got to work through their issues and... You know, and work with Sydney FC. Um, you know, the market's big enough for everyone, but you know, the problem with football in this this country, in this my own personal view, is that you know we're all trying to you know fight against each other instead of working together and trying to build the game. And you know, the enemy out there is not ourselves. It's actually you know league and, and AFL. You know, we we could be the biggest sport in this country. We've just got to you know work out the best ways to do it. And, I'll give you an example. Um, out in southwest Sydney, um, the AFL has 36 school liaison officers going out to school, knocking on doors, promoting AFL. And, you know, they're the challenges that, as a sport that, you know, we need to overcome or else we're going to be left behind. Yeah, it's extraordinary the uh, the developments that they're, they're making. Uh, I was part of the Money and Sport Conference the last couple of years and been listening to the AFL strategies. And the two areas that they know that they're seriously deficient uh, is uh, uh, Asia and China. And the other one, of course, is uh, their impact uh, in multicultural Australia. So they, they are two pieces uh, for football to embrace and really go after. But uh, like everything else, you touched on it. We have to be united. We can't, uh, as they say, go at it uh, and uh, attack one another as the old uh, disparate states of Greece used to do, spend hundreds of years fighting one another uh, and just waiting for the next common foe to give them a reason to come together. Mate, uh, can I just ask you a question? Um, When the time comes, what style of football 
does the Southwest Sydney looking to embrace? Is it going to be, you know, promoting its youth? Is it going to be playing uh, an attractive brand of football that just goes out and, and uh, promotes uh, the, the area like no other? Yeah, look, I, I think for us to be successful, we really need to be a, a community-focused um, team. Um, you know, for, for example, Southern Districts has got a representative team and um, Nicky Carl's our uh, head coach. And, you know, last week uh, he threw a couple of um, 16-year-olds play FFA Cup. And, um, you know, those kids walked off the field uh, with a buzz. <laughs> and, you know, if successful, I, I think it's got to be the same focus that, you know, the local community club, um, you know, has one of their kids playing and, you know, they're, they're sitting in the stands behind it. And only then do you really have, you know, community engagement. You've yeah. got to have a successful team on the park, but you also, you know, got to really um, be embedded into the community. That's right, um, Gino. It's a, it's a balance act. Um, what are some of the metrics that um, initially you, you'll be looking at in terms of you know, attendances, members, etc., when um, sort of starting uh, this whole um, team off? Look, uh, our numbers are telling us that we'll be somewhere between ten and twelve thousand members um, initially. Uh, I think you know it, it needs to be higher than that, but that will grow as um, the area grows. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those those things. You know, when when your team's winning on the park in the initial years, you've got you've got the support there. But you know, if you look at the Wanderers, you know, the Wanderers will, will crack twenty thousand members, and um, you know, they're predominantly you know northwest bound as a club. You know, if we can replicate that in southwest Sydney, um, you know, imagine the derbies. Forget about the Sydney Wanderers, Darby. You know, the, the Battle of the West will be even bigger. Uh, do, you, do you see the Southwest bid having any impact on the, the, the Wanderers and their current metrics? No, I, I think it'll be minimal. Um, you know, the Wanderers are doing a, a great job out there, um, you know, working with the, the local community and the associations. But again, like I said, we're, we're, we're going after, you know, the, the, the people that support football but aren't supporting a team. Yeah. And, and that's going to be, you know, where, where we're going to target. Look, I think um, I remember when the, when the Wanderers came in, there was a lot of, you know, hoo-ha about, you know, Sydney and impact would have on the FC, et cetera. But it actually added, you know, the crowds were fantastic oh, yeah. at the derbies. It generated a big buzz. Um, and you're right, you know, imagine, a you know, Southwest versus a, a Wanderers um, game. You, you'll pack out Campbelltown, you'll pack out uh, Parramatta. Um, and it'll grow the grow the game. I think it's uh, it's it, it's fantastic. And Look, it's a boutique fifteen thousand seater be would be what, just dynamic needed. week in week out. And um, you know, you feel, you keep feeling that it's just going to create a big buzz and scarcity, and that's that's what you want. Yeah, and look for us, the big thing is the, the stadium piece. I, I think you know, if you're playing in a stadium of fifteen thousand and and you're packing it out every single week. The atmosphere in those places is going to be the the same as playing out of a, a stadium that fits forty thousand, and you're only got twenty there. Yeah, exactly. Um, Gino, I know that um, yeah we had uh, Matt Winley, who's um, Team Eleven here in Melbourne. Yeah, Gippsland um, bid. Yeah, well, Gippsland, well, it's sort of southeast. Southeast, yeah, yeah okay. Down at um, sort of uh, Cranbourne Way. And another another area, uh, another growth corridor as well. Yeah, and th- he's sort of started going out to um, communities and, and clubs out there and, and meeting with the with those clubs and getting them on board. Is uh, have you started that process or is it a little bit too early from uh, from? No, no, no. We've started that process. 
So, um, you know, we're, we're talking to clubs from Bankstown all the way through to um, Campbelltown, uh, across to, um, to Glenmore Park. And um, we're also talking to local migrant groups, um, you know, the local schools. Uh, through Southern Districts, we've actually got school liaison officers out, um, you know, promoting football. And so, you know, they're out, uh, you know, asking kids the questions in the local schools. You know, how good would it be to have your own team out here? So, 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 so he's got the outliers and the scouts working already. <laughs> yeah, so we've got them all out there um, by stealth. But uh, no, they're, um, yeah, we're out there doing that work. Uh, nothing formally yet, of course, because, you know, you, you really can't mm. um, until, we, you know, we, we do have a licence. But, you know, we are out there talking to people now, um, you know, getting the feedback. And, and it's been extremely positive. Do you know, um, FFA saying that they're going to make an announcement probably 31st of October, um, and then it's basically just full, full going, full on, full bore, full bore, yeah, <laughs> pedal to the middle. Are you, are you? I mean, it's very hard to gear up for for that announcement if you don't get it. Um, and how quickly can you, I suppose, get step it? On the, step on, on the, yeah, yeah, the pedal. Pedal if uh, if it is announced, and because come November one, you've got to. Yeah, yeah you can't. Go for you it. can't be. You can't be spinning wheels. Do you know? I think what Tony's trying to say. No, that's right. Um, look, from our perspective, we've already got the office set up. Um, we've got some key personnel in place. Uh, we're talking coaches already. Um, we, you know, we we're going to start talking to some agents shortly. Um, you know, and even to the point of uh, talking to a few marquees uh, to try and you know hit the ground running. Um, you know, our first year, we, we'd love to replicate what Wanderers did in their first year. Well, that, we, yeah, that would well, be that would be very special. <laughs> well, not all of it. They um they lost the grand final. But, well, uh, okay, thanks they, for but, that. <laughs> but they won the um they won. The, yeah, it was an amazing amazing year in the crowds and everything and the whole buzz. So, yeah. uh, no, I think it's um it, it's it's fantastic and um you know there's a lot of work to do and I'm sure you know that. Um, but at least now the the process has been outlined. Um, the timeline's been outlined. Um, there's a date. There's the, a date exactly. and there's a deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been talking to Gino Mara, the director of the Southwest Sydney bid, and he's been telling us uh, just what they've been doing behind the scenes to try and be as ready as possible for when the announcement comes to get up and make a real bid or a real good go of, uh, of getting their, their club across the line. Uh, Gino, thank you very, very much and all the very best. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Football Bosses. Tony Pinata, George Tanikin. Uh, me, of course, standing in for uh, Mr. Zapponi, who's away, as we found out, at the Com Games, doing a brilliant job. Well, what did you make of our two guests, Sir Tony? Oh, it was um, fantastic to hear, um, first of all, from Gregor Rourke, uh, head of the A-League, about the process, um, timelines. Uh, I mean, it's what, what's needed. Oh, know, absolutely. What's I, th- needed. I thought that's the most positive I've heard from anyone at the FFA all year. And Lord knows we needed to hear something positive and they've drawn a line in the sand, and I think they're uh, going to do as, uh, the best possible job they can. Yeah. And there's a deadline. There is a deadline, and um, you know they'll announce the, the shortlist uh, 
within 60 days um, and it'll be great to know who's going to make that okay. short list Man, and then I, I cannot wait for that by time. the end of October they'll make a final decision on the two new clubs for uh, 1920 and uh, boy I hope those clubs are ready to go because uh, when they get that uh, tick Ooh. they need to re- really fly and yeah. uh, it was good to hear from, from Gino Mara yep. the director of uh, the what South did West you make bid. of Gino's bid I think um, the proposal. Yeah, I think it's uh, it makes sense. It's it's an area that probably needs. Uh, look, New South Wales, as you know, George, is massive. Look, we keep talking about the tyranny of distance costing the game. Yeah. But the tyranny of distance also provides these enormous corridors that are growing at an enormous rate. And you touched on it. Exactly. And um, you know, if you look at the uh, the future. Um, out towards Badgerish Creek and, oh. and what they're building a new airport. That what? What? How long have they been waiting for that? Uh, yeah, I've, I've the, heard about the Badgerish Creek for 30 years. But the population is exploding out yeah, there is, and, they, and they need something. So the community there. So I think it's it's a good bid. And um, I think, you know, Gino and, and the people involved have a good understanding of what's required and good understanding of football. Do you know what really uh, excited me? It was when he mentioned the, the work that they're doing with so many of the young refugees. He said uh, they don't you know, speak English at the moment, but they have this uh, you know, belief and love for the round ball code, which is you know, the universal language. And it's exciting to hear how many of them are now being drawn to a proposal in that neck of the woods, which is Southwest Sydney. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, it's finals time for the A-League. You know, last round coming up, um, you know, well, Perth, look, Brisbane, I've, Wanderers. I've been buoyed by some of the results in the European Champions League. Everyone thought that it was going to be this, this and this. And suddenly, let me tell you, there was a... You mentioned a shot fired across the bow. No, no, there was a shot fired into the goal and it decimated one of the biggest teams in the world, Barcelona. Who would have imagined that a day or so ago, Roma would find the courage and the smarts to beat them in such a fashion. I was gobsmacked when I, um, <laughs> I didn't get up because, uh, you know, with the time difference now, it was 4.45 and I thought, nah, but... No, um, you're probably saving yourself up for Liverpool. Yeah, well... What's next for Liverpool? I know, I mean, that was a great result as well. So, I mean, can Juve beat Real? Oh, we'll find hey, out. I'm not going to say after this, I'm not saying anything. So it was, um, yeah, it was great, great football. And that's, that's, that's a game we love and yep. that's what it can and, do. And uh, I think it's a great way to finish uh, another episode of the Football Bosses on FNR. On behalf of uh, Tony Pinata, this is George Stanikin saying uh, catch you next week.